This is Happiness Solved with America's Happiness Coach, Sandy Scarlatta. Hello, everyone. Happy New Year. I am so happy you're listening today. Happiness Solved is dedicated to giving you content that is empowering, motivational, inspirational, and of course, a dose of happiness. It's my way to give back to the world and share other people's stories. This thing called life can be challenging, and my guests share their amazing stories, wisdom, and life lessons that demonstrate anyone can choose happiness. You see, happiness is a journey, not a destination. I'm Sandy Scarlatta, and I have been inspiring others to shift their mindset and choose happiness for over 20 years. As we head into a new year, here's some food for thought. How many times have you gotten excited to make your New Year's resolutions only to abandon them? It's okay, you're not alone. Statistics show that roughly 50% of the population sets New Year's resolutions, and yet the majority of those give up within the first 30 to 45 days. In fact, 80% of people who make New Year's resolutions will abandon them during the month of February. I want more than anything for you to succeed in 2023 and have five tips to share with you. One, create a detailed plan on how you're going to ensure that you follow through and take action. Two, get an accountability partner. Three, Attach your emotions to the goals. What I mean by that is, how will achieving them make you feel? Four, set up an app to track your goals or set up an alarm on your phone to remind you to take action. And lastly, five, celebrate your wins. This is so important because when you celebrate it and give yourself a pat on the back, what you're doing is you're reinforcing that positive behavior and you're more likely to continue doing it. So thank you so much for listening today. And don't forget to leave a review and follow me on social media at Coach Sandy Scarlatta. Today's episode is amazing and I am so grateful for you. Enjoy the show. Dr. Jessica Houston, it is such an honor and a privilege to have you on my podcast today. Welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I am excited to be here. Oh, I can't wait to share share with the world your expertise and your wisdom because you are a workplace wellness expert and the founder of Elite Speakers Institute. So exciting. So before we dive into all of that, everybody has a story and I like to share with my listeners people's stories because that's how we learn. That's how we grow, right? When we hear other people's stories and you're like, okay, I can relate to that, right? So, so tell us how you got to where you are today. Oh, wow. That's a long story, but <laughs> I will try to <laughs> as, as I can. Um, so I am, I was born to a single teen mom and I struggled with low self-confidence. Uh, we struggled financially. I had uh, dad issues because my biological dad is an attorney. And so while he was financially stable, I was not. And so because of growing up in poverty, being picked on, just experiencing homelessness, like all of those things, being sexually abused as a kid, just experiencing oh my gosh. so many things, I sometimes think, wow, I am so grateful that I've made it to where I am 
because so many people who've experienced a lot of the traumas that I've experienced, they aren't living the way I'm living at this point in my life. And so I'm super excited about that. But in spite of all of that, I graduated from high school early. I went to college, earned a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, a PhD in education. I ended up being a professor, a speaker, an author. And so in spite of, I am here. And so that's why when anyone comes to me with, it's too hard, or I'm not enough, or I'm not confident, I'm like, oh no. I've been there. I've done that. <laughs> <laughs> I've dealt with low self-confidence, intimate partner violence, like you name it. I have experienced it in some form. And so I, that's why I'm so excited about the opportunity to get to help others realize that in spite of everything you've gone through, there is still an opportunity for you to live life fully and be happy while you're doing it. Thank you for sharing all of that and being so vulnerable because everything you just shared, you know, it's not easy to tell our stories sometimes, right? And that's how people learn. They learn. So why, why you? Like, and of course, why not you, right? But how is it that you were able to overcome so much and, and be able to accomplish so much? I mean, you're, you've got your PhD. I mean, that's incredible. It is. Even just a bachelor's degree. I mean, let's you dumb it down. Getting your high school diploma, because I didn't realize how many people don't finish high school, right? Because you just, it, in certain areas of the country, we take it for granted because, yeah, of course, everybody graduates from high school. To go on to graduate from college, you know, with the bachelor's degree, get your master's degree and move on and pursue that. What is it that's in you that you can share with other people that think, you know, like, like, what was it in you that, that, that gave you that drive to keep pushing forward in spite of all the circumstances that you went through in your life? Yeah. So first, because I, I went through a trauma training recently because I'm also a licensed social worker and they started talking about in kids who are struggling with trauma and so many of the behaviors that they had. And I'm like, well, I made good grades. I, I, I just... I guess I didn't realize that what I was experiencing as a child was not normal. And mm. I think that that's what, like, I thought that, oh, this is just how life is. And one of the things that really helped me to become an achiever, which can be a fault for me sometimes <laughs> because I get <laughs> too far out there. But what it was is I said to myself, okay, I do not ever want to live like this again. So I was a dreamer. And I mean, we had a house with, you know, holes in the ceiling and we had to put things when it rained, like pans or things like that. And my whole, like I would daydream about this beautiful house with a pool. And I just had this vision that one day I'm not going to have to live like this. And I just latched onto that. So it was like, I don't care what happens around me. I'm going to school because I know that education, and this was my thought and my belief system, education is my way out. And that was what I kept in my mind. And that's why I still, to this day, I love to teach and I love to learn. Well, you're right, because education is, it opens up a lot more doors and it is a way out for many, many people. And so kudos to you for realizing that at such a young age, because when you think about the, the socioeconomic levels in the United States, 
the majority of the people that are in the, you know, middle class and up are educated. And it's the lack of education that keeps people um, in their circumstances. Mm -hmm. And there's got to be more though, too, because going through what you went through and we've all had, you know, we all can share our stories about what we went through and they're all things that you would never wish on your worst enemy. Mm-hmm. For me, I know I reached a point and I'm curious if, if you feel the same way that when you've done it down, it's like these things happen for me, mm-hmm. not to me. H- have you, have you been able to, to look at some of the things that happened in your life and realize that, that, that even the, as tragic as they were, they've created who you are today and, and you are the person you are today because of all the adversity and traumas that you went through? Absolutely. Absolutely. And one of the things I say is like someone who has never endured anything, it's really difficult for me to believe them when they tell me I can do it. <laughs> like, well, somebody just handed you a million dollars, you know, like, but if you really have gone through something, if you bootstrapped it, if you were depressed and, and you still found a way to pick yourself back up, like I, I can believe that if you did it, then I can too. And one of the things I say to my daughter all the time is like, you really have it made and she doesn't even understand. <laughs> so, right. so it's kind of like, I went through all of those things and I have more tenacity. I have more grit. And so I'm trying to work on her <laughs> because she's like, just give it to me. <laughs> I know. But it's that resilience. <clears throat> right. You have resilience because when you get, get to the other side of a situation, that resilience is what helps you to keep moving forward. And I love what you said that you're, you saw, cause I always say you like, you don't want to compare yourself to other and like, Oh, I wish I was like that person or I wish I had that. Or I would, you know, that's a negative form of comparison. But when you look at another person and say, I want what they have, I want to, I want to emulate what they did because if they can do it, I know I can too. And that's like, that's almost like a mentor, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And why we need mentors in life. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a mentor in college because I think I just kind of fell between the the cracks from elementary all the way up because I was, I wasn't a behavior problem. I made good grades. I went to school. So they had no idea what I was actually dealing with in my life. And once I went to college for the first time, someone took notice of me and encouraged me. And he planted this seed. He said to me, I see you earning a PhD and traveling the world speaking. And I laughed like, really? (laughs) But I think when he said it, a part of me was like, could you really do that? Yeah. And so I'm I'm grateful that he said that to me. Well, and that's sometimes all we need in life is to have somebody that we look up to and say you can do this. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cuz at that time I didn't I didn't think so at that well, time. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, seriously, I know one of my guests earlier today was a, I interviewed Dr. Joe Vitale um who he was in the secret 
and has, he's written over 80 books. I mean, he, and it was like, if you would have told me a year ago that I would be sitting here doing that, I'd be like, no, no, I won't, no. And, you know, but, but I have to tell you, I have a coach and a mentor who is, has interviewed some of the most famous, some of the most famous people ever. And he, he, he instilled that in me. He's like, of course you can, of course you can. And I was like, I can, of course, why not? Why not me? Right? Yes. Yeah. So yeah, that's, that's exceptional. So tell me how you got into the realm of, of workplace wellness expert. And I love that because so many people spend so much of their life um, at their jobs, whether it be remote or in person. And, and it's not always the most healthy environment. Mm-hmm. And yes, I, that is another prime example of me going through and knowing what it feels like to not want to go to work. And so from the time I entered the workforce, for some reason, it was kind of turbulent. First, it was because I was, you know, so young and and everyone else was kind of like, you don't even have a voice. Like, we don't want to hear your ideas. They kind of like shut me down. And I remember I used to like call my mom in tears and I was like, well, mom, you already you always taught me to be respectful. She was like, yes, be respectful, but you're an adult now. You don't have to let people run all over you. (laughs) But just having, because you spend, as you mentioned, you spend so much time at work. And a lot of times it's like, well, this is where I have to go in order to pay my bills. And so I'm just going to deal with it. I'm just going to suck it up and deal with it. And so many people, they suffer in silence. Yeah, they really do. They really do. So what are some of the things that you do to ensure that the workplace is a safe and healthy place to be from a mental health perspective? So I I love to talk with leaders Mm -hmm. and helping them to understand that their team members want to feel valued. They want to feel heard and they need to have psychological safety. They need the ability to share with you how they are really feeling without feeling like, okay, if I'm honest, then I might lose my job or I might have another consequence or you may treat me differently. And -hmm. I don't know if you've experienced this, but I have, I've had a boss to say, yes, tell me the truth. And then when I said the truth, it was like, now you're treating me differently. And so Mm -hmm. um, I think it's, it's important to start with them, but also I like to speak with the employees and just give them some, some tips for their mental health, their self-care, and how can they avoid being burned out? Um, one of the, the examples I use that sometimes it's not personal, it's personality. Mm. That person is, that's just the way they are. And you're thinking, oh, they don't like me, but they are, sometimes they are, you may be a playful person. Hey, good morning. And they're like, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> and you may take that personal. Or their tone may be a little different in an email. And so sometimes it's just that we have to look at ourselves as well. And, you know, we've got different cultures. And um, sometimes you may be, you may have grown up in a different generation and maybe you communicate differently. Like they call anyone, and I won't even say my age, but my age and up, they say we're old school. (laughs) So... (laughs) 
So it's like, we don't, you know, you always want to pick up the phone, just send me an email. So it's like, when you get to this workplace wellness thing, you have to think about diversity. Well, yeah. And I know that a lot of people don't want to talk on the phone. I mean, I think I, I've got multiple girlfriends that we've never had a phone conversation. It's always over text. And then I see them in person. There's yes. never a phone conversation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I mean, people are busy, whatnot, but I feel like we've lost some of that um, interpersonal connectivity, yes. connecting with humans on a, you know, you know, eye to eye, one on one. Yes. You know, and while technology is great and you and I are able to have a, a, an amazing conversation, we still can't look at each other in the eye, right? Because our camera's in different places yeah. and it's like, okay. But, um, but hey, we're here and we're able to spread our messages and, and it's all good. So what do you tell people when they don't understand that and that, that how important it is to really connect, you know, that verbal communication instead of text messaging or email what do you tell them to like, to really get them to understand that? Like, we still need that. That's still an important part of being a human. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think for some, it is really tough because you do on the other end have some people who you get them on the phone and they don't want to get off or they come to your office right. and you, you got to try to figure out how to get them out of your office. And so it's really about, you know, giving and taking and just being honest, like I only have five minutes. And so right. just say that up front and you don't have to draw it out if you don't want to. Right. No, yeah. that, that's really, really good. My husband's like that. He'll get a phone call and he'll just let the person go and go and go. And I'm like, sometimes I'm like, Hey, dinner's ready. And then so that they hear like, cause I have to help him get off the phone because he just lets them keep going. Yes. Yes. <laughs> But yeah, setting up those expectations in advance is definitely huge. So here you had a college professor, somebody in college, was it, was yes. it a professor yes. or, or yes. a counselor? It was a professor that told you you were going to be traveling around and speaking. And now you've got the Elite Speakers Institute. Talk about that. How serendipitous is that, right? Yes. <laughs> Not yes. only are you speaking, but you're teaching others how to do the same thing. So that's I incredible. Am. Yes, so I've been speaking for 10 years, and it really started with me writing my first book, Women's Secrets, It's Time to Stop Suffering in Silence. Oh, and I love it. after writing that book, I started getting requests to speak. And so that's where it started. But it also started with me being terrified of speaking. The microphone <laughs> was shaking in my head. I thought my heart was just going to jump out of my chest. Like I was just like, oh, my goodness. What have I gotten myself into? And it's like the more I did it, the more I realized I do have a gift in this area. Right. And so for so many people, I want to say to you that there are things that you have done that you do well, but there are things that you have never done that you do even better than you would even imagine. And like, so for me, I never imagined that I would be a speaker. And I definitely didn't imagine that I would be teaching others how to do it. And so at the Elite Speakers Institute, we teach emerging coaches, authors, and speakers how to build authority in their industry, how to speak with confidence, and then also monetizing their expertise on and off the stage. Because 
when you are a speaker, if that is your only stream of income, if you're not speaking, then where else are you going to generate income? And so we teach them about, of course, products, services, um, and being able to manage the entire um, scheme of your business and not just focusing on on speaking on a stage. Mm, I love it. I love it. So what's next for you? We're almost out of time. What is next for you? And is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you'd like to share with the audience? So yes, for me, my my goal is to really, really help more women get out of their shell to defeat those limiting beliefs of Jessica can do it, Sandy can do it, but I can't. You can do it. And so when I'm working with clients far too often, like we are having to work through all of the other stuff before we even get to speaking because they have so many mental blocks and barriers to them actually doing what they are telling me they want to do, but then they get afraid to do it. Yeah, that fear. Fear can be fear can be a big one. Well, I love what you're doing and I love that you are challenging women because we definitely need more women speakers. We need more women sharing their voice, sharing their stories, because when we do that, we let other women know that you're not alone. And yes. and you have a community of other women that have most likely been through something that you've been through, right? Yes. I mean, we all have a story. We all have, you know, stuff that has happened to us. So thank you so much for what you do. And, and where can people find you? So they can find me I'm on YouTube at Dr. Jessica Houston. If anyone listens to Motiversity, which is one of the leading motivation channels on YouTube. I am one of their featured speakers. Nice. So find me on YouTube. I am on Facebook, on Instagram at Dr. Jess Houston. And then my website is expectingvictory.com. Expectingvictory.com. I love that because we all should expect victory, right? Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I really appreciate it. And thank you again for the amazing work that you're doing and for touching Thanks. so many people's lives. Thanks. It's been a joy. I certainly hope that you enjoyed today's interview. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, I hope that you and your family are healthy and safe and that your lives are filled with peace, joy, and happiness. Take care, everyone.